you've been invited to our conscious playground to play, to create, to access your flow and to charge your inner being's light. Our physical world is full of manifestations and isn't it fun when you get to go to a space where you get to visualize and share in a non-physical plane? Where you can see things differently, remove obstacles and connect to your highest, most exuberant self. Join Tomas and Lisa in our conscious playground and allow your soul to play. Let awareness, healing and peace flow in your experience. Hello and welcome to our Conscious Playground with Tomas and Lisa. This is going to be a fun show with a lot of laughter today. Joining us from Charlottesville, Virginia is our very special guest, Alicia Buss, who is originally from Olympia in Seattle, Washington. Now, she has been traveling around the country for the past four and a half months, promoting two global men's summits that she herself has created. And she's interviewing people in partnership with horse to increase visibility for the equine industry. And Elysia is the founder of Global Equine Affiliates. And she's also a relationship coach and a clinician with all kinds of experience and laughter and fun <laughs> for you. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. We yeah. heard some of that. All right. <laughs> yes. Alicia, it's great to have you on our Conscious Playground. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa and Tomas, for having me on your podcast today. It's already been a lot of fun, and I look forward to getting to dive deeper um, into all of it with you. Oh, this is cool. What you don't know, listeners, is that we've had a really wonderful and fun conversation already. So now that we're recording, we're going to continue this. We promise. Or, or we think. We think we promise. We promise. We can do it. And we I can. I was going to break you with my, hey, it's for horses, but I didn't get to. So there, I had to squeeze it in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, very important. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, <laughs> I had an ex who used to, we have that joke all the time. And uh, I'm not sure if swearing is allowed on this podcast, Go for it. but, but it's, uh, hey, is for horses. One of us would say, and then the other would say, aren't you glad you're a jackass? Mm. <laughs> You guys make that up? That's cool. We we did. We did. But we were kind of, yeah. Now it's out Mm. there. We're all going to use it. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, as far as uh, that reminds me of the movie Jackass and the MTV series. You remember that? I never, I never watched it. I have a a limit for like standards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not to invalidate or shame any other person out there who might actually like that show. But um, as a massage therapist, I, and you know, like somebody in the educational and medical field, I watch these sorts of things and I just, I can't stop myself from thinking about the negative impacts on the body and the psyche of trauma as they go through. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. One can't help but imagine all kinds of horrid scenarios stemming from people with advanced degrees who reduce themselves to, well, infantile status with that's right base that's right. humor base which humor. is really funny yeah it's true uh, it's, it's important for us to explore our entire beings and really acknowledge our inner child at times though in safe yet wondrous experiences mm-hmm. yeah so safe yet wondrous experiences I, i'm wondering the safety now of your life and, and growing up like okay she sounds she's got her head on straight but she's out with the horses she's traveling around and because you mentioned a massage therapist okay now i have to ask this question did you become a massage therapist because you yourself had so many things you just had to you know work out or you want to understand was it a personal or did 
for yourself or did you want to help others specifically? Oh, this is a great answer. Thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) So I have an amazing mother who is not a massage therapist, but she's incredibly nurturing. And I have two younger brothers. And so when I was a child, every night before bed, she would give my brothers and I massage um, before bed and tell us a story. And she had my youngest brother at some point, like it just became like really, I think overwhelming and busy. And, you know, he probably cried or something. And then me being the nurturing sister that I was, um, I was, they're older now. They don't need as much nurturing from me. Like I would like to still nurture them, but they're like, ah, we have like wives and kids and stuff. And we like live really, no, 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 we're good. Um, so, but when I was five, they still let me get away with it. So, um, I went, we're two and four years apart. And so I would give my brother, Dan, who's two years younger than me, I would give him a massage and tell him bedtime stories every night before bed when my mom was busy. Um, and so I would just like, and we just continued that on for years. And, uh, as I got older, I was just that kid that everybody asked for a massage from. And my stepmom used to work in a radio station, um, like as the director. And so she wore high heels. And when I was up in Seattle, um, with my dad, and my stepmom, she'd come home for work or whatever. And I would massage her feet for her. And then, you know, in school, I'd give people massages. And then I was in college one of my buddies uh, was working with a guy that was going to massage school. And he's like, you know, Lise, because back then people would call me Lisa instead of Elysia because a lot of people couldn't pronounce. Yes, exactly. I can't pronounce Elysia. Um, oftentimes you can like date when somebody met me by what they call me because I have lots of nicknames. But Lisa is the most foundational one. Um, so my friend was like, you know, Lise, you're always giving people massage for free. Why don't you just go to school for it? And, uh, at the time, like $60 an hour is the base pay for massage therapist, um, back in the year, like 2000 or so. And, um, I was like, well, that sounds like easy, good money to me. (laughs) And I was, I was, I was struggling a little bit with my AA at the time. And, uh, uh, I was engaged to a great guy from age 19 to 21. And then we broke up and I've actually never been married, but that's another story. And so, um, my fiance and I moved up to Seattle where we painted houses for my father professionally because um, he still has that job, that job. Like my dad has had a house painting company for forever. <laughs> um, so I painted houses and uh, until I like, well, I went through massage school and then I eventually um, transitioned to working for Starbucks as most people do at some point in their lives when they live in Seattle. Um, it's like Starbucks, Microsoft, or Amazon. It's just what you do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the long answer to that. And when I was young, when I was five years old, I believed that I was such a strong spirit that I could hold the whole world's pain as well as my own so that nobody in the world would ever have to hurt. Oh, wow. Okay. Atlas. Yeah. So I, that's, that's what I like believed like with all of my being. And so what's interesting about, and I was really um, just intuitively good at massage and energy work. And what ended up happening is I took on a lot of somatic issues from people, um, headaches, stomach aches, um, all these sorts of things until I learned how to ground when I was 19, um, which is a really long time. And so, um, I was sick like all the time. Like I didn't like you, I would count the days that I felt well instead of the days that I felt sick um, when I was younger, like all the way through high school. Oh, wow. And uh, and that was like a, a journey into healing all its own. Um, 
but then I just stopped doing so much energy work and just focused more on the manual aspect of massage um, and learned how to have better boundaries and, <laughs> and all that good stuff. And now what I do with horses and with the men's summits and everything else is that I helped create that space to facilitate people empowering themselves instead of me having to take everything on so that people don't have to hurt. I teach people emotional regulation and accountability without shame or invalidation and really being able to come to a neutral space um, and still feel the breadth of emotions, um, but not have it consume you, you know, how to transmute the energy from that experience, knowing that you can only control yourself, we can't control other people. Um, and so blaming others for our personal emotional reaction to an experience of words or actions doesn't actually help anything. You know, it's really just understanding what your value is, like what your worth and how you want to work through life and integrity and keeping yourself and others safe by giving them like autonomy to handle their own shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While you have the accountability and autonomy to handle your own, but to do that um, in a way that like, it's not somebody trying to solve something for you. It's somebody asking the right questions and really holding a container of like love and neutrality to support you through that. So that is my tr transformative personal story in a nutshell of um, how to more functionally help others and keep that intention. Cause I do want to, my intention is to help empower at least a billion people on the planet. I love it. I love that. Yes. And, and then, so tell us about your connection with horses. So my connection with horses started when I was an infant. It's my mom's fault. Um, it's one of the things that I love to blame her for, um, coming from what I just said about not blaming other people. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's like wow. our nice little, that's our nice little joke. On the so, heels. <laughs> um, and my mom, um, my mom is a city girl. She's a wonderful, she's beautiful inside and out. And she's like a tiny human. Like she's built like a bird and she's like maybe five feet tall. And, uh, and so she was taking me for a walk. And there was this horse at a pasture and she used to walk by it all the time and she'd carry me and she didn't know anything about horses. And so she would walk up to the fence and the horse, would, the same horse would always come up to us when we were walking by and she would let me just pet its nose and it would let me pet its nose <laughs> and, and it would blow in my face. And I just love the scent of the horse and the softness of its, its nose. I'm a very tactile person. Like, like I always have been very a kinesthetic learner. Mm -hmm and energetically sensitive and like the horse's heart creates a larger energetic sphere um, than ours does. So it can actually help to bring us into congruence, like having co-regulation, right? Energetically okay. um, and their heart can actually help to like settle us down and make our hearts beat like slower. And it, um, being around horses actually releases different chemicals, like those feel good sort of chemicals in our brain. So my joke is like, when they say girls are addicted to horses, because that's the joke. It, they actually are. Because <laughs> they're addicted to the chemical reaction of like what you feel when you're in the presence of horses. Um, you mentioned the nose, how, how velvety and, and soft. And that's something I've known. I went to places and got to be introduced to horses as a young age. And I remember I was in my, when I was in my thirties, I was on a date. It was one of our first dates. And I said, why don't we go to the see horses? And he's, he was a city boy and he had never seen a horse never touched a horse never and here's this big you know muscular man almost he's like like a nervous and everything when he finally yeah. touched 
his little nose and it was so soft and velvety. And I, I just, you know, to witness that, what people yeah. feel like when they touch and connect with this incredible, like angelic softness. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. It's creates a really beautiful picture. <laughs> and now you're saying that addictive. See, everybody should have their first dates or dates. Go visit horses. Like, do you have couples? Cause you do relationship therapy. I do. Do well, do not therapy. Know? It's not therapy. Let's be super, super clear here because there's a scope of practice aspect. So coaching and therapy are different. Coaching falls into the realm of equine assisted learning. Therapy falls into the concept of counseling, which you need a different degree for than working as an equine assisted learning. So like coaching is more about being in the present and handling things in the present. Counseling is more about handling the things from the past that come forward. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's very important to not cross the line. <laughs> is, is, do you, are you taking couples, um, coaching, uh, do you take, do you coach them with horses or is that two separate things? So right now, because I moved, um, and I'm just reestablishing myself in Charlottesville, Virginia, having been originally from Washington state. Um, I don't have any of my horses here. I technically still own one horse who's in New York. She works at a therapeutic riding center and I don't have the heart to pull her from people with special needs. And she's like queen of the barn. Um, so even though I miss her like every day, um, it's just more important for myself and my integrity to leave her there where she's happy and helping other people. Um, and my other two horses I had to sell during, because of COVID, because, um, I had to sell them to pay my revolving bills because things got really, really tough. Um, cause when you go from making like $7,500 in the month of January doing massage to zero, <laughs> it's a pretty big financial difference. Mm. And so I made it all the way to like September and then it was like, okay, because I had to close my, my business because of COVID. And also because my mother had broken her ankle in four different places and sprained the other one. And so I, and she needed basically like 24 hour care. So I closed everything down because of the combination of those two things. Like I couldn't handle all the different protocols and building and, and stuff with COVID and trying to stay afloat and take care of my family. So I, um, I took care of my family because my mom is always, she's because I'm a one, because I'm a good person. And two, because my mom is a great person and she's always taking care of all of us kids and everybody else. So I felt very blessed to have the opportunity that I was actually there so that I could step up and be like the matriarch of our family and take care of um, my mom until she was better. And so I just, that took a while because this break was, you know, so severe. So I just, it was an easy decision to make to find good homes for my horses to be able to be there for my mom. Okay. Even though I miss them. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, uh, when, when all of this is over, what, what is, what is your plan for plans? Yeah. People do that. That's like a thing. <laughs> it can be. No, your plan could be what you're going to do in five minutes. It can be real short term. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to plan to drink this water. This water is delicious. Beautiful. <laughs> so, Beautiful. Um, my plan <laughs> is that I'm actually going to be hopping on the road again, which I'm really excited about because I have wanderlust like nobody's business. Um, <laughs> so I'm planning on going around to different barns in the United States um, starting in July. So I'll be taking the Northern route back to Washington state and seeing my family and some old massage clients and stuff like that and getting the last little bit of stuff out of my parents' house, which they're super excited about. <laughs> 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 and 
and then oh. I'll come back down through California <laughs> and come across um, the south, the southern route to come back to Virginia. And I'm going to be hitting different barns and talking about communication and boundaries and how to try to facilitate there being less to no drama in your barn, because that's something we hear about a lot. So it's just like, think of like your workplace situation, if you have drama at your workplace, but I'm focusing on the horses and people in that regard um, so that the people and the horses can have the best experience possible because it's really difficult to get to stay in present time if you're concerned about judging, if you're judging somebody else for like what they're doing with their horses or their vets there or their farriers there. And you're like, I think it should be done a certain other way. And, uh, or you're concerned that somebody's judging you or you're busy judging yourself because you think that somebody's going to be judging you. You're like, no, 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 I'm totally going to beat them to the punch. This is going to be great. I'm completely going to be present by my judgment. It's going to be fantastic. So would this be considered barn boundary basics? Oh, that's so good. I need to write that down. I wrote it down. Barn, <laughs> barn boundary basics. I like it. I like those things. You know what? Um, as soon as you said that, um, years ago, I was I was a cow show owner, and I got to attend Beethoven in the Barn concert, where we had the Vienna's Boys Boy Club uh, Boys. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm saying this wrong now. Choir uh, coming over and singing. Wow. Live music in the barn. It's just it's like, really cool. I, I renamed it the cow concert, but the barn. I was like, oh my God, that's our boundary basics. Oh, <laughs> it goes so funny. Yeah, no. So part of like that, that I love that story. And I actually did do a film. So I did some filming while I was on the road for four and a half months. And one of the things I got to film, but still in editing, but will be out eventually was a young man coming out. who was a sound healer and he did sound healing with horses, with chimes and sound bolt, like singing bowls. Oh, I have goosebumps. Oh my gosh. Oh, I want to go. That's cool. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. And I am so excited to like finally put it out. And Mm -hmm. um, at some point I'll send it to you guys as soon as I have it. Like edited, but it was magical. And so, and with that really getting to talk about the mind body connection and in relationship to horses, because a lot of people don't necessarily think about how their energy and their physiology affects their horses. So on the ground, but especially under saddle, because a horse walking around balances itself naturally, but then you put a person on top of it. And then the the horse has to balance itself and the person on top of it. And if the person has tightness or imbalance or pain in their body, that is going to be reflected in the horse as it has to balance, which then causes tightness in the horse's body and dysfunctional patternings within the horse and can potentially create lameness because of that. And so oftentimes people end up spending a whole bunch of money trying to fix their horse. And then they're like, I don't have any time or money to fix myself or do any sort of preventative care, like massage or chiropractic or yoga, going to the gyms and having a personal trainer to balance their body out properly. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's about creating that big picture, but also creating space of neutrality where a person can have those conversations without feeling shame and guilt for not having done a quote unquote better job. Because it's, so yeah. it's I'm like my heart I'm I'm feeling there's all this empathy around it um the I, I was gonna ask you does okay I'm asking the question do horses maybe do they ever say 
don't get on me. I don't want a saddle on me. I don't want a person on me. Like, are yeah. they, are they upset? Like maybe they don't want people on them. Well, yeah. I mean, like I can't, I can't say like a horse is just like, yes, in this moment they're going to articulate, but they articulate it in different ways and their nonverbal communication. So just like we have better experiences with human beings when we like are honest and pay attention to the nonverbal communication that you're getting or the energy from somebody if their eyes like start to glaze over or their shoulders drop or somebody turns and looks away from you or like the little things like their tone changes in their voice their cadence is different their energy like somebody approaches you and they're in a bad mood and you automatically know without them ever opening up their mouth right you're just like oh i don't really want to be part of that experience (laughs) yeah exactly exactly like that person looks crazy and i'm terrified and i think i should definitely go in the opposite direction you know, and, and so but the problem is oftentimes that when somebody is on their phone all the time that, or on their computers, like we've been stuck for the last like year, however long because of COVID, that people stop being able to read nonverbal cues as much. Mm-hmm. And then that creates anxiety because their behavior is less predictable. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... That's why I think it's really important for us to start like reteaching people how to read nonverbal communication. And a really safe way to do that is to start teaching them about horses nonverbal communication, because then they're able to translate that in a place of neutrality and be like, oh, like that makes me think about like, how do I interact with people and how do I regulate my energy and how am I presenting myself to the world? Because they start with how they're presenting themselves to the horse. Okay. Yeah. How do I talk about consent if you want to talk and if you want to engage with an animal and especially one that's so much larger and has a history of human beings controlling them and making them do what they want them to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, we work with the horses at Liberty and the horse has a choice. And if horse chooses to not join up with you, what does that bring up inside of you? Oh, oh, rejected by the horse. Oh my God. My heart just broke already thinking about it. Right. But then it's like, are you actually rejected by the horse or did a horse neigh from the other pasture? Horses can hear up to two miles away from them. Okay. Which is why they oftentimes will freak out when it's windy. Yeah. I don't like the wind either. So if like, if you're, if you're just like, you look at your horse and you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? And they're just like, dude, can't you hear that? Don't, don't you understand? There should be really crazy happening over there. And it's just like with people, right? Because when somebody does something that you don't understand and you're just like, well, why don't you have more bandwidth? Why aren't you acting in this, this way that I think you should be? Because we put our expectations on other people, right? We have our ego that sometimes comes in like chatters at us about how something should be. But you don't know what's going on in that person's brain. You don't know what just might've happened, like the really hard phone call they might've just had. Or that they have a stomach ache or their head has been pounding and they feel like they're going to throw up. And it just takes like literally every ounce of power in that moment for them to just be present with you. And maybe they don't feel like they can articulate that to you. Right. And so how do we operate from a place of compassion and empathy in the ability to communicate something and just ask somebody in a space of integrity and love. Be like, hey, like, I noticed you're a little bit off. Like, what's going on? And if they're like, I don't really want to talk about it. Be like, okay, and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so hard for some of us, myself included sometimes. You know, I'm like, I'm not judging those people. I'm just like, hey, like, 
it's a boundary. Um, and it's like, and if somebody needs something, like you can be like, Hey, is, is something going on? Is it like, did I do something or do you just have something going on in your own life? And if they say, it's just something I'm dealing with right now, choose to believe them. And if something comes up for you, then that's, that's about the journey that you get to take on for your own personal healing. Right. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you emphasize reading nonverbal communication because we can just think of many people. Each of us can think of so many people that don't do that well at all. <laughs> yeah. And even, even when you articulate something, like you start with a nonverbal communication, they're not getting it. And you're just like articulate the boundary and they're not getting it. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't mean to be a total bitch right now, but I need you to stop. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to block you. And then you can have hurt feelings and deal with it on your own. But like, I've given you like 16 opportunities to like back up and you're just like not hearing me. And so like in part of that in, as well, though, is that there are, there's multiple intelligence theory. We have nine different intelligences. So people process information differently. So two people could literally believe the same thing and argue like all day long about it. Oh yeah. Because they process information differently. And most of us, I, I, I'd say out of the human beings that I've experienced in, in life is that like most of us struggle to like take a beat and step back and look at like the bird's eye view of what's going on and be like, okay, obviously they're not getting what I'm saying. Is there a different way that I can like work through this to try to offer it, you know? And sometimes we can ask somebody to be like, what do you think that I just said? Yes. Can you, can you tell me what you just like, what you think that I'm saying or what you think that I mean? And then you just go back and forth until you're like, kind of, or no, not at all. Or let me try and do this a little bit differently. But how do you do that with like patience and grace and on a timeline? Because like, sometimes we don't have an hour to like run through something with somebody. And and sometimes you just have to be like, I'm really sorry that we're not able to come to like a healthy conclusion right now, but I have to go and I'm willing to have this conversation with you later. And sometimes that's actually better because it gives people like breathing space to process. Yeah. And, um, and this also comes back to working with horses, Mm -hmm. right? Because a horse will give you lots of different opportunities before oftentimes they'll do something what people consider dangerous. Right. It's that way of giving you the finger. (laughs) They're just like, it's not even that. They're just like, I'm trying to keep myself safe. Yes. And you're not hearing me. Mm-hmm. And that's on the ground or under saddle. And so it's just like, how do we create that space to listen? And for us to, like, you can learn about horses your whole life and still not know everything about them. That's the beautiful thing about working with horses and why it's so important for us within the horse industry to have more of an abundance mindset. And when we partner with people or horses, to be like, okay, this isn't working. Who can I refer this person to? Or somebody calls us for a discovery call, be like, you know, I could serve you on a basic level, but this person I know over here can do a really great job with you. They could do a better job than I can. Or your personality and your learning style might like be better and more in alignment. This is an interesting because you we we know you work with horses and but you also specifically work with men. I do work with men. I work with women too, but I do have a like the, so I have a women's group called Phoenix Rising Women's Group. And then I have a men's group called Global Resources for Men. And I do not allow men in the women's group. And I do not allow women in the men's group. 
And I think that's really important. And then I have resiliency rocks, which is like men and women can be in that together. Um, and then I have the global equine and equestrian coaching for anybody that's specifically engaging with horses okay. because relationship coaching, like, I don't know about y'all out there, but I don't know very many people that can use a little bit more work on communication and boundaries. Yeah, not nobody, nobody. nobody. I mean, no. like even those of us that work on it all the time, like as a profession, we still have our moments. Okay. We are not perfect human beings. Like we still have our moments, like our rebound rate might be faster and our communications and our ability to step back and then come to something. But like, it's a period of growth. Like we should all be like working on ourselves, but also like loving ourselves in the present moment, because in the present, you can't be anything other than what you are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the reason that I created the men's group and doing the global summits for men is that on my YouTube channel, which is horsepower empowerment through connection, I had, um, I started that at the beginning of the pandemic, I uh, will in June, because I had jumped on a bunch of zoom calls in the beginning while everybody was like, what are we going to do? And, <laughs> and uh, what I kept hearing from people was that they didn't, feel like people really understood what it was that we did in our profession for equine assisted learning and mental health yeah. and that they felt really alone with where they were because so many people with horses are more so in the country, not all of them, but like many of them. And you don't always get internet out there in the barn. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was just like, well, horses don't like internet. They're like, ah, get that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I was just like, well, you know, I, uh, I like to talk to people. I could probably do a little something about that because I'm a connector. I love connecting people all over the world. Like I talk to people at the grocery store, the gas station. Like I randomly call people on Facebook that are in other countries. They're just like, I don't know you. And I'm like, that's okay. Give us five minutes. It'll be great. And <laughs> most of the time people love it when I spontaneously call it. Every once in a while, I have people that are just like, uh, I think it's really inappropriate that you just called me because I wasn't prepared for that phone call. I'm <laughs> just like, don't worry, I won't do it again. Have a great day. Um, <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's the we're, last time. We're, we're, we're not each other's kind of people. It's going to be fine. <laughs> really sorry for disturbing you. My bad. Um, <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't gauge that one properly. You know, I can't be perfect all the time. Just like I can't be funny all the time. You know, I feel like I get a solid 90%. But uh, <laughs> I just like to be a joker. But anyway. I have to fire a question at you because I wrote this down at the beginning. I love that you were so, I want to say bold, but I'm going to go with confident. Yeah, I'm going to go with bold too. Bold and confident. <laughs> and you said, yeah, because I'm really good at that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that you just said that so many people are afraid of saying, I'm really good at this and this and that. Yeah. And is that something that you find people are needing assistance with mm -hmm. even to, because they're constantly judging themselves, which you said, or judging yeah. others or yeah. being judged that, is it a fun would it be a fun daily practice? Would it be healthy for us to kind of wake up every morning day and say, and say that what I'm really good at, boom, that. 100%. So I actually recently did a post about that, about like something, yeah, something uh, really uncomfortable happened to me oh. that blindsided me, like out of oh. nowhere, I was just like, what the actual F? And, <laughs> and it took me like a minute like I was like, my whole body was shaking when it happened. Like it was, it was a big deal. And so like, I called one of my friends and she helped talk me through it and I slept on it. And the next morning I, I just like woke up and I was just like, nope, I am not letting somebody steal my power. I am not down with that. 
And I have control over my thoughts. And while that might be difficult at times, like it's my choice. And a lot of people forget that what runs through their mind is their choice. And it's sometimes it's like building a habit life, you know, and it can take time to rework that. And, um, but that's what real empowerment is the ability to control one's mind and what goes through it and how you react to your external world based on your internal experience. And so I, I will be 41 years old next month. And I, um, I'm just, I love being 40. It's freaking fantastic. Um, <laughs> 40s I, I, are awesome. It's and they're awesome amazing. Thing. You just, mm. you, you just stop caring about other people's like, Oh God, it's so great. Well, you can't, yeah. that, was, that was my experience. I was like, <laughs> We're done with all that. Like the young people can, they can, they can go through the natural process of giving a shit, but like, uh, <laughs> it is, it's like a natural part of development of being like, Oh my God, oh, everybody yeah. else thinks all these things. Um, yep. but I mean, I have those moments still too. Like, sure. I, work, I work through them a lot faster than I used to, which is great. Um, so I, I was like making breakfast and I had this like beautiful feeling come over me and it was like my warrior queen self came back to me full of like wisdom and stoicism and like maturity and I was just like I was like oh it's so nice to see you I have missed you so much I don't think I've seen you in like 15 or 20 years and um and it was just like refined and I was just like yeah like people aren't gonna get to mess with me anymore because I I know who I am I stand in my truth and integrity I know that if I mess up in something it's never out of malice like it's because I genuinely just missed something or was confused. And, and I always, if I do something that's wrong, I apologize humbly and genuinely. And then I try and take action to either like make amends if, if they're open to it, which they aren't always, um, and to like do a better job in the future. And I don't think any of us can ask more of ourselves or, or other people than that. And so, and after that, I was just like, I am a great person. And I think that we should all be able to stand in that and like acknowledge the things that we are great at in knowing this is the really important part to answer your question. And knowing that you honoring the beautiful, magnificent things about yourself and the things you kick ass at does not invalidate any other human being on this planet. You are not saying you're better than anybody else about that by owning your own truth and magnificence. You're saying, I do this and I do it well, and I'm proud that I do it well, and I'm happy to share that with you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, honor your magnificence. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's just like, it's so important to understand that if you're coming from a place of truth, you don't have to squash anybody else down. It's not being arrogant. Owning your worth is not being arrogant. Trying to press like your viewpoint on somebody else is arrogant. Thinking you're better than somebody else is arrogant, but you owning it in and of yourself and your beingness is just truth. Yeah. And truth just is, it doesn't need any apologies. That's right. You don't need any apologies. It's just, and if somebody says, Hey, I really feel like you're being arrogant right now, or I feel like you're invalidating you or whatever, you can listen to them and you can listen to your heart and say, is that true where I'm coming from? Am I not being mindful in how I'm articulating something? Like what's my energy coming from? Am I wrong targeting? And by wrong targeting, I mean like 
when you're upset about something else and then you shift it to another person or thing instead of directing it at the origin source. And that happens all the time mm-hmm. with people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and, you know, and, um, but if you do, if you talk to somebody and they say that you're like, you can ask them a, like just a query. You say, Oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, um, I'm sorry. And, you can, and when you say, I'm sorry, you can be really specific. Say, I'm sorry. That was your experience. How do you like, how did that come off to you? Because if you say that, like that, because when you say, I'm sorry, that's your experience because that comes because it was not your intention to create that. And yeah. so you can talk to them and be like, how can I support you and communicate to you in a way that you do feel better about something? Because if somebody's saying that, then potentially their insecurities are coming up. So instead of squashing somebody and being like, well, you're clearly insecure about that subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can just be like, you don't have to tell them they're insecure because typically if you tell somebody they're insecure, they're just going to be like, hello, this is my defenses. Like lights flashing everywhere, super loud time rings are going off and they're just like, shutting them off. They're not interested in hearing anything else you have to say to them, but asking them why they feel a certain way and being genuinely interested in that Mm -hmm. is different. Right. Very, very different. Yeah. And the other person feels so differently. Right. Because it's the energy and it's the intention and you're not just being like, I see you and I feel like you're being really insecure and stupid right now. You can't see our faces right now, but you should because they're no, hilarious. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So we're saying stop. You're being really insecure. It's so. it's very different when somebody says, um, "Oh, are you not feeling well today?" or something something off, as opposed to, "Why are you in such a bad mood?" You're like, "Well, right. I wasn't, but now I am." You know? Right. You're like, you're like, and you're just like, "Oh, why are you being such a dick?" Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I often say. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny. And then um, I struggle, you know, like we'll just be honest about it, like the political um, correction thing, because people could be like, oh my gosh, you're totally just like nailing that and saying that you're, that you're signing that value to like guys. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Intention, intention. It's it's about the intention. And I, I surround myself with friends that we're just like, we know where we're coming from and we Mm. know that we're not terrible people. And so it's like, it's okay. And if somebody says something, you can't, here's the other thing I think is super important. You're not going to make everybody happy in the whole world. Thank God. That's a lot of work. I know. Right. Like in case anybody out there (laughs) thinks that they can like literally make everybody happy by doing something like, Mm. no, no, it's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much impossible. Um, you can, you can surround yourself with people who you can make happy because they're your tribe, you're in alignment and you're capable of communicating with them in healthy ways. But sometimes even then people are human and you're going to have misunderstandings. So like, yeah. are you talking about like instantly happy or are we, are we playing the long game of happiness here? Like what kind of happiness are we talking about? Uh- <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's different. Uh, mid-range. We're, we're talking mid-range happiness. Mid-range happiness, right. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, I'm not sure. going to wait like five years to forgive you. We're going to give yeah. it a week to 10 days. Yeah. And then in the beginning here, right, right. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. And then if you're still really pissed off at me, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to give this like two more conversations tops. And then if you still just can't handle it, we're going to like take like a six month break from being friends. I'm do this. Yes. I every, she's saying these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I so do that. I'm like, okay, listen, I've said, I'm sorry. I know where I'm coming. Like, hey, if you, if you are unable to reach that, then you're going to have to do your own work because I've done my work and I'm here when you're ready on there. Right. 
you're just like, just get back to me. Just get back to me when you're ready and we can do it again. It doesn't mean that I think I'm better than you. It just means that like I've hit the max level for the work that I've done for this conversation. And maybe I need to do more work, but I'm not, I'm really busy this week. So if you can do some of your work and that would, that would be great. Yes. And we'll reconvene <laughs> in six months. In six months. Be like, I have a great coach I can refer you to. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, I should talk to you because I'm, I'm your friend. Maybe. I'm not sure after this conversation. But we should probably talk about it in six months after you've done some work. I've got these great books I could tell you about. Brene Brown, audiobooks on shame and guilt and invalidation. Fantastic. Maybe maybe after you listen to them, you'll stop shaming me and trying to go something with that. That'd be awesome. Oh, uh, yes. The dreaded suggested <laughs> reading list. Uh, how many people have rejected someone's uh, suggested reading list? Oh, yes. You don't have to raise your hands, but, uh, you know. <laughs> You're just like, and that brings us to another excellent point which people really struggle with. And I totally have in different periods of my life. It took me a long time to get to where I am today. I was a hot mess for a really, really long time. And I think it's important for people to know that because it's just like, it's a journey and it takes time. And part of the reason that I love getting to be a relationship coach is because I've been to so many of the places that the people that are coming to me have been in. And so I come to them with a, like a genuine place of empathy and lack of judgment. Cause I'm like, yes, I understand <laughs> as much as I can with actually not being who you are, you know? Um, but the important thing is that it doesn't matter how correct something is, how true it is. If the person you're talking to is not in a space to hear it. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, yeah. People forget that a lot because they're just like, oh my God, like I need to, I need to tell you this so bad. It's just like, you're so wrong right now. And if, if I could, if you could just hear me, that would be great. And, you know, like in the other person can even think that they're in a place of listening. But if you, if you try to talk to somebody and they're not in a space to receive, what's going to happen is it's going to break down the relationship that you have with them it's going to potentially like create things internally for them, like the, in their internal tape of invalidation, they're like, there's going to be drama. There's going there's just going to be like this giant mess all because you didn't like pay attention to your friend or the person in front of you and be like, I love this person. And I know that no matter how correct I am and how much this information would actually help them, they're not in a space to receive it, which means that the end result of what I want to do to help my friend would actually not be accomplished. And so both of us would fail at the experience and it would break things down and make potentially make it take even longer for them to get to a place where they could hear you. Um, And sometimes that means you have to hang up the phone or you have to walk away so that you can have the breathing space to be like, okay, I just need to recenter. I need to go do something else. And I need to have grace, love, and compassion and forgiveness if necessary for my friend in this moment, because they don't have the bandwidth to receive what they need to in this moment. And that's their journey. And that's where being like giving people autonomy is super important, but oftentimes really difficult. It's just, it's the same thing with raising children. 
Like they might not be at the developmental stage that you want them to be to learn X, Y, or Z and that you have to give them the autonomy to learn. And I don't have kids, but I went to school for 10 years for education and I have a whole bunch of degrees in it, which people oftentimes forget about. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. It's just like, they're just like, oh, you're just a massage therapist. And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, you're just a coach. Like, what did you go to? Are you accredited as a coach? I'm like, I'm not. I will tell you flat out, I am not accredited as a coach, quote unquote. I just have like four different degrees in education. <laughs> and, and, and or like, yeah, yeah. You know. It's 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 fine. It's not a big deal. It's like four, four or five. Like, I don't even, I'm like, how many is it? It's like five, five degrees and like three certifications in massage or something. I don't know. It's a lot. It's, it's mm. sometimes mm. people are like, why did you go to college for so long I'm like oh how much time do you have that's a really long conversation and I I should just write a book or maybe have a tv series about my life just about Ah. we could have like different channel though which is good so I'm glad you started the youtube channel actually all the information so people are listening going oh my god like I've already written down so many things I can (laughs) quote and post and I love it but um where should people get a hold of you yes so much, so much rambling. So people can find me at Global Equine Affiliates. So it's www.dreams, which is spelled in the archaic fashion, which is D-R-E-A-M-E-S-lifecoaching.com. So that you can find me there or you can find me on Facebook under Elysia Jane Bus, and that's spelled E-L-Y-S-I-A, and then Jane is J-A-N-E, and then Bus, B-U-S-S. Like a school bus, just bigger, like my giant personality. Uh, <laughs> that's where the second S comes from. <laughs> that's the second S. The bus. Yeah, I know, Bus. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. My, um, my full name, by definition, actually means paradise to kiss. So, um, yeah. You can, you can look it up in the dictionary for Elysia and bus. So you got to learn a new word, new okay. words today. Yeah. Right on. Random trivia. <laughs> Wonderful. Random trivia. That's what our conscious playground's all about. Oh, so yeah. Thomas, I have a final, um, our conscious playground question. Right on. It, it, has, it means nothing. It's just playful and fun. And it's, it's just a fun way to end. I'm dying to ask it. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. People can ask me more about like the global men's summits later because uh, that's a fun thing. And yes, resources. part two, part two here. Um, my, my closing fun question is how do you name a horse? Oh, how do you name a horse? <laughs> um, so there are, two, there are a couple different ways to name a horse. So for fancy horses, um, oftentimes they take a combination of the sire and the dam's name so the sire being the studded stallion and the dam being the mare that has the baby. Um, and then they have, you'll have your like show name. There's a combination of those two things. And then typically you'll have a barn name that's, uh, that can be a derivative of that. Or you can just like make up some funny name for your horse that has nothing to do with their fancy show name. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to call it a show name, but um, in registration forms, you have like the lineage of the horses, right? Okay. And so that's what it's on the registration page um, for your horse. Not all horses are registered. Otherwise, some people name their horses off of what they look like when they're born. 
um, what they act like. Um, I used to have this funny game that I would play with my animals in general. I had the dictionary called um, gods, goddesses, devils, and demons. Mm. And I would think of the animal and then I would close my eyes and I would flip through the, the book um, just for fun. And then I'd put my finger on a name and I would see what that meant. And uh, oftentimes it would randomly be uh, something that was truly in alignment with the character of the creature that I had. Yeah. Um, okay. So that would like, that was something cool. I did that was more fun in my, yeah. my younger years, but oftentimes like a horse comes to you. And I think sometimes people change the horse's names um, for what they, they feel like the horse like represents to them. Like it might remind them of, of a previous horse that they used to have or yeah, what they want the horse to be like for them. Um, so that's a very long answer to your short question. I love, I love, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh. It's a great question. That's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting the different ways that that yeah. plays out. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Alicia, this has been so much fun. We have enjoyed <laughs> our, our conscious playground here with you. And I've learned a great deal. And again, <laughs> listeners, you can find Alicia at dreamslifecoaching.com. That's dreams with an E, D-R-E-A-M-E-S-lifecoaching.com for information about everything that Alicia <laughs> is up to, which is quite a bit. And it's wonderful. And I've learned so much about human communication and this has been a lot of fun plus we've been laughing <laughs> we have been laughing which is very important yeah yeah because yeah, we're so serious with our advanced okay. degrees and stuff yeah very yeah we're stuck and stayed <laughs> <laughs> it's important to both be intellectual and very playful and remember to live in a place of wonder i think as adults so many of us forget to stay in a place of wonder and um and just don't just remember to go out and be silly and honor that inner child of yours they're probably dying to get out and have some fun so you can both be it's everything about time and place right serious yes. silly water balloons splashing in mud, like mud puddles <laughs> yes yeah and making silly. fun of, making fun of your friends making fun <laughs> of your friends but in a loving and endearing way and not in a shamey way because you know yes. it's an art <laughs> it's an art it's all an art as we've talked about the art of human communication and reading the room and everything fun and yes live in a place of wonder i love it alicia this has been so much fun thank you so much for joining us here today you're very welcome it's been such a privilege to spend time with both both of you this afternoon and your audience so um please do stay in touch and uh hopefully we'll all get to laugh again soon I love it. We're still recording that, just listeners, by the way. We um, should yeah, because I mean we're supposed to live in a place of wonder and make jokes and, and laugh at our friends in a nice way, though. Absolutely. I have lots of funny noises that I'm good at making to entertain children and adults alike. So fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to our conscious playground. We'll see you all again soon. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.